I started to get acne as early as the third grade. By the beginning of fourth grade, kids were calling me pizza face. And once I even remember this little girl refusing to sit by me during lunch um, because she was so afraid that she was going to catch that horrible disease that had broken out all over my face. So by fifth grade, the bullying really escalated. And then um, things slowly died down over the next few years. And then by the end of seventh grade, my level of social conflict was probably about the same as it was for like every other awkward middle schooler on the face of the planet. But since my particular flavor of bully had been a group of former friends, um, former girlfriends specifically, the resulting psychological um, issues and scars that I that I had specifically affected my ability to create real, meaningful, um, lasting, open relationships with other women. Um, as far as I was concerned, every single woman, no matter how sweet and wonderful the exterior, had an inner mean girl <laughs> right under the surface, just waiting, waiting to break free. Um, and this affected me even into the first few years of adulthood. I really st struggled with social stress and with anxiety, and it made making female friends um, really just feel like more trouble than it was worth. So um, then, out of necessity, when I was about 22, everything changed. Um, I'd just been married for about a year. I had an infant son. Um, my husband was working and going to school full time, um, and I was a literal ocean away from any family. I had no idea what I was doing. I was so, so lonely, and really I was just out of my depth. And it became really evident to me that I needed a tribe. I knew it, I needed a tribe. So I decided to form a walking group. It seemed like, like a low stakes, solution, right? So every evening, a bunch of women from our little apartment building um, in our married student housing at our university would get together and we'd speed walk for like a half hour. We'd talk about our babies. We'd talk about like our crazy post-pregnancy bodies. We'd talk about how much we missed um, sleep and <laughs> getting a full night of uninterrupted sleep. And actually, it felt really good to have this place where I could let out some of the immense pressure that I felt. But after just a few days of this walking group, I started to notice that some of the women in the group would bring up other women, other women who weren't a part of the group or who, who weren't participating in the group. And they would talk about them in really like disparaging ways. And let me tell you, if there was one thing in my life that triggered me more than like women in general, it was gossip. Now that said, I'm sure that my own trauma and my own history um, probably magnified the cruelty or, or whatever was actually being said, but that conversation, those conversations that I was overhearing, they triggered this clarity inside of me. I, I was suddenly very aware that there were certain things in my life that I just was not willing to deal with. And one of those things was gossip. I didn't even give myself a moment, no opportunity to even think. I just immediately blurted out, I don't do gossip. And suddenly, 
everything went silent. And you could have cut my overwhelming anxiety with a knife. Laying down boundaries in our relationships can feel so threatening. It can feel so overwhelming. And because of that, very often we're prone to shy away from the prospect of boundaries altogether. In fact, some of us would rather just not have certain relationships in our lives at all, rather than doing the work of laying down the necessary boundaries. And then there are also situations in all of our lives where we're completely blind to how much just some simple boundaries, some simple parameters with some clear communication could actually really transform our relationships and therefore our lives. So today, as part two of our Showing Up for Your Boundaries series, we're going to talk about all things boundaries and relationships. We'll talk about how to tell when you need boundaries, how to find the courage to implement them, and what to do when things don't go right. Welcome to the Show Up Podcast with me, your host, Natalie Norton. This podcast is all about having the courage to be a really good human and living the kind of life that genuinely fires you up every single day. Are you ready to become your best self and truly show up for your life, come what may? Me too. Let's do this thing. I'll always want you around. Hello. Welcome back. You are listening to episode number 11 of Show Up with Natalie Norton. I am Natalie Norton. And as a heads up to new listeners who may be here for the first time, this episode is the second installment in our Show Up for Your Boundaries series. In our last episode, which was Boundaries Part 1, we took an aerial view. We discussed why boundaries are so important. Um, We talked about some of the reasons that we may resist putting boundaries into place in our own lives. Um, And then we wrapped up by discussing how we can shift our relationship, our perspective with the very idea of boundaries in order to overcome some of those boundary-related hurdles that we may face. Now, in today's episode... We're going to be diving a little bit deeper into that exploration of boundaries, and we'll be talking about the actual how of boundaries in our relationships. So remember, before the intro, I had just blurted out, I don't do gossip. And first of all, what does that even mean? I don't do gossip. (laughs) Second, maybe it was the exercise endorphins. Um, Maybe it was like divine assistance. Most likely, it was a little bit of both. But the reality is that for the first time ever, and honestly, without even really knowing it, without even really knowing what I was doing, I had just put a boundary in place in my life. And the truth is that I immediately wanted to take it back. Let's just be honest. This entire group of women, they'd all just been buzzing with conversation like two seconds before I opened my big mouth. And suddenly they had just fallen completely silent. And it felt like an eternity before anyone spoke. Um, But really, it was probably like four seconds. And then one of the other women chimed in. She said, I think that's awesome. Let's all do that. And then suddenly, everyone's buzzing with conversation again. 
Like, it's over. It's done. And this no gossip agreement, quote unquote, right? It was just like magically in place. And then my stress just dissipated as quickly as it had formed because all of a sudden we had some rules of engagement in place, right? We had some parameters and those parameters made me feel safe enough to continue to explore those relationships in my life, some of which ended up becoming the most fulfilling, long-lasting friendships that I have to this very day. Now, that said, over the years, I've come to learn that setting boundaries isn't always that easy. (laughs) Our boundaries aren't always going to be met with that positive kind of a response, right? There's dozens of complexities that show up. And anything that can show up seems to show up, right? Um, And I get that setting boundaries in our relationships is not always easy, but I also want you to know that setting boundaries in our relationships is always simple. Not always easy, but always simple. It really is. This process of setting boundaries really is as simple as one, two, three, four, five. (laughs) And just to make it a little bit easier for you, um, I have actually set up an acronym to help us get clear about how we can set up boundaries in our own lives. So just remember the acronym CARES, C-A-R-E-S, as in self-care, as in when you set boundaries, it shows that you care, as in when other people in your life, when those people show up and work to respect your boundaries, it is evidence that that person really cares for and cares about you and your well-being. So number one, C, clear, get really clear, and then be really clear. So first, you're going to be really thoughtful and honest with yourself about your needs, and then you're going to be really clear about what needs to happen in and around you in your relationship to ensure that those needs are met. And as you're thinking about this, you need to remember that you have emotional needs, you have physical needs, mental needs, you have needs that are connected to your energy and to your time, all kinds of needs. And each of these needs is worthy of protection. Remember that when your needs are met, and this is like revolutionary to some people, but it's so simple. When your needs are met, you're better able to show up in meaningful ways in every aspect of your life. Amazing. So that's number one, C, be clear. Number two, assured. Now I almost went with assertive on this one, but the word assertive has this negative connotation. And so because of that, I opted for assured. But really, either way, either word, what I'm trying to say is be confident. You can clearly and directly define the boundary. First for yourself internally, And then you do it for others. Just keep things simple. Be direct. Be straightforward. Don't be cryptic. Don't be vague. Trust me, the kindest and the most successful way to go about implementing boundaries is always going to be directly through the front door. Number three are relax. Relax. 
you're not setting this boundary um, because you want to be selfish. You're not setting this boundary because you want to cause any kind of harm. You're setting the boundary because you're prioritizing taking care of yourself so that you're better able to show up and take care of others. You're setting this boundary for the highest good of the relationship as a whole. A healthy relationship isn't about power. It isn't about control. The healthiest relationships are about two free and independently healthy and whole individuals who come together. And together, they create a whole that is greater than the sum of its individual parts. You don't have to justify yourself. You don't have to apologize for the boundaries that you're setting. You don't need to give long explanations. You're not doing anything wrong. You're not doing anything unkind. Setting and maintaining boundaries, you guys hear this, it is just normal. It's necessary. It's nothing to feel embarrassed or timid about. Doesn't need to be awkward. Clear, direct, relax. Number four, express. Express yourself in a clear and calm and respectful way. Remember, the process of setting boundaries is ultimately about kindness. It's ultimately about love. Remember that there's no space for yelling, um, for blaming. There's no space for condescending. Um, Don't be sarcastic, right? All those different kinds of behaviors indicate that you probably need to go back to number one and get clear gain some healthy perspective, do some introspection. Because when we approach boundaries from a really healthy space, those boundaries are genuinely going to be about self-care. They really are going to be about love. And when we present them from a space of emotion or yelling or sarcasm or any kind of cruelty, it's going to detract from that sincerity of the boundary, right? And then in that very that in that breath, it's going to um, undermine your efforts and cause the other person in the relationship to become defensive. And then it's a whole cycle, right? Yeah, ew, ew. Number five, S, see it through. Next, follow through on the boundaries and the consequences that you've set. You've got to remember that you have to address any boundary violations that may show up. You've got to address them right away. It's always going to be easier to manage smaller issues. And even with bigger issues, it's going to be easier to deal with those promptly. It's going to be easier to deal with those things um, earlier on before they've had a chance to get really out of control. So just remember, don't be passive. Don't be submissive. You don't get to walk along being all passive and submissive until that boundary has suddenly been crossed and violated like a dozen times. And then all of a sudden, become assertive and aggressive, right? Like you have to set the rules of engagement and then honor them. And then just for fun, I'm gonna give you a bonus. Get support. I want you to find a trusted friend or a family member. I want you to find a mentor. And this person is going to help you stay the course because even the most boundaried people among us will struggle from time to time to maintain those boundaries. Or they're going to struggle to remember why the boundaries were necessary in the first place. And so it's important, and it can be helpful, certainly, to have someone that you love, someone that you trust in your corner, just to remind you why these things matter, why you're worthy 
of implementing and protecting your boundaries and why all of these things are key to the long-term success of that relationship. And if you didn't care about the relationship, guess what? You wouldn't do all the work to put the boundaries in place. So here are a few examples um, of how this concept may present itself in your life. So maybe you've got a cousin, okay, as an example. And this cousin is constantly asking you for money. And you're constantly feeling guilted into giving it to her. So the first thing in this scenario that you need to remember is you can't wait until this person asks again to suddenly implement this boundary and have this boundary conversation because remember that you've taken part in this. You've essentially trained them to have really specific expectations in this relationship as far as money is concerned, right? And broadsiding them the next time they ask for cash, I mean, that's just like not cool, right? So find a time when you're not emotional and then just say, I love you. I won't be lending you money anymore. That's enough. If you want to say a little bit more, you can say, look, I believe in you. I love you. And it's time for you to start taking responsibility for your own finances. You might find yourself tempted to say something like, um, you know, I'm just not in the position right now to keep helping you financially, which is great. It's a softer approach, which, yeah, definitely makes the conversation feel easier for you in the short run. But it also opens the door for, for more boundary violations in the future because if you're not in the position to help right now, well, what about later, right? Do not set false expectations. Be clear and be direct because being clear and being direct, that's being kind. Okay, here's another example. Let's say that you have a friend who is constantly stopping by in the middle of the day without any kind of warning. So <laughs> this is actually something that I have dealt with quite a bit um, as an at-home mom and entrepreneur. And what I've done is I've learned that I have to educate the people in my life about my work schedule, about my boundaries, specifically surrounding daytime work days, right? Um, so I've gotten really good at just telling people, hey, look, I work from home. So because of that, um, I just have this boundary about unscheduled visitors. And I know it seems so ridiculous, but if I don't have this boundary in place, I'm constantly getting interrupted and I'm not getting anything done and I'm missing deadlines. So basically I just treat my house like an actual office. And when I'm working, I just don't answer the door. I really don't, you guys. Like that's the honest to goodness truth. If I'm working, I don't answer the door. And people get it because it makes sense. And in lots of cases, people actually feel sorry that they didn't just like intuitively recognize it on their own. Sometimes people are, are violating boundaries simply because they aren't intuitively aware of those things because they aren't part of the reality of their lives. So we've got to give people the space to be educated, right? And realize that it's not always going to be this weird like conflict of a conversation. These are really normal things that we can talk about and we don't have to feel so much shame around them. These can be dignified conversations. Um, and that's certainly been the case for me, uh, particularly as it relates to boundaries about my time and my energy. Now it's still hard for me. I want to be really open about that because um, boundaries that that deal with my energy or deal with my time, those really are challenging for me, um, particularly because one of my fundamental values, and I've mentioned this a thousand times on this show, is that it is just so important to me that I make sure that people feel seen, um, that people feel loved, and that people know that they belong. But over many years, 
And over many bouts of physical burnout and emotional burnout, um, that was a result of me really just trying to constantly be accessible to all the people all the time. I've learned and then relearned and then relearned that you cannot draw water from an empty well. And the reality is that if I don't have boundaries about my energy, and if I don't have boundaries about my time, I'm going to constantly be depleted, and then I will be no good to anyone. And where is my high and mighty value then, right? I don't have anything left to give because I've allowed everything to be taken away. Think of yourself as a steward of your energy, as a steward of your time. And when you change your, your perspective and you, you think about things in that way, it shifts your ability to put these boundaries in place without guilt and without shame. Okay, so as another example, let's say that you've got a coworker. And this coworker is constantly interrupting you at work, like popping into the into your little office and being like, hey, what's up? You know, did you hear about so-and-so over by the water cooler? <laughs> Try something like this. Hi, ah, I need some time to just work uninterrupted. So I'm gonna shut the door to my office until I'm done. Simple. You just gotta be direct. Maybe you've got someone in your life who yells, or maybe that person is hypercritical. In that situation, try something like, hey, I'm not okay with being spoken to in this way. If this continues, I'm, I'm going to leave the room or I'm going to go for a walk or I'm going to go for a drive. And then consistently back that up with your behavior. Here's another one. What if you need to just say no to someone who is constantly like hounding you? to be involved in all the things, right? All the girls' nights, all the book clubs, all the volunteer stuff at school or all the exercise groups or whatever. How about this? Oh, I would love to do all of the things with you, but I'm really working on prioritizing family time right now. And the honest to goodness truth is that I've just got too much on my plate to add anything else, period. End of sentence. Amazing. What if you have a mother-in-law? who is constantly butting in with advice on how you raise your kids. Or maybe, <laughs> maybe even worse, she's undermining your parenting and she's doing it like in front of your kids or your family, your extended family. Ugh. I like have the best mother-in-law on the entire planet. And so this is not something that I can relate to on any level. And I just need to speak that out loud <laughs> because anybody who knows Shelly knows that she is just something else. She is incredible. But I know because I get messages from so many of you all the time who are struggling with issues with the in-laws and boundary violations as it relates to the rearing of the children slash grandchildren. So try this. Remember at an unemotional time, not when it's heated, not in the moment, but at a calm, unemotional time, try saying something like, hey, I want you to know that I love, I love how much you love your grandchildren. And it's really important to me that the kids, that they learn to listen to me and that they learn to respect me as their mom or as their dad. And I just need you to know that it's not okay with me when you, then you fill in the blank, right? You give a specific example of what's happening that's not okay. Like, it's not okay with me when um, when you cut me off when I'm disciplining them. It's confusing with them, and it's confusing for them, and that's not okay with me. Or um, X Y Z, whatever you fill in the blank, and then 
the consequence, right? If you do this, then I will. So if this continues, I'm going to have to stop coming to family dinners. We're going to have to stop coming to family dinners. It's tough. It's yucky. But it's for the highest good of all involved, right? That's one of the metrics that we have here. Is it for the highest good of all involved? Is it the best thing for the children not to have their grandmother undermining their mother in front of them? For sure. Is it the best thing for the grandmother in order to have a good, healthy relationship with the children not to be undermining their mom all the time, who they love and cherish? In the very act of undermining her, they may be, or the grandma may be inadvertently undermining her own relationship with them because it causes a breach of trust. Even little people sense when stuff's off, right? The highest good of all involved. Okay, so let's say you've got a whiny eight-year-old. Try something like this. I love hearing what you have to say, and I will only listen and I will only respond when you choose to speak like a big kid. This works so well with my little nephew, with my little niece, Rhett. I use it probably every day. Oh my gosh, I love spending time with you. I love playing and I love helping you when you need help. And as soon as you're ready to talk like a big girl, I am ready to help you. And this is particularly important for little girls, right? Well, I, I don't know if I can say that. As a mom of boys, I have a hard time um, making those kinds of differentiations, although I do it. And I think a part of that is just because I feel this responsibility um, to to stand up for um, for the disenfranchised kind of like population, for lack of a better description. And, and during this phase in the history of the world, we're talking a lot about teaching women how to advocate for themselves and how to stand up and how to speak out loud and how it's okay. And you're allowed to say what you want and you're allowed um, to, again, to advocate for yourself. So yes, I want men to know those same things. I don't ever want to negate that. I don't want the unintended side effect of um, all this progress that we're making be um, to diminish men or to make men unable to advocate for themselves or to make them feel as though now they have to play small in order to um, make right the wrongs of past generations or whatever. We're not going to get into this, <laughs> but we have, so I apologize. But for Rhett, for my little niece who I love more than anything on this planet, it matters a lot to me that that little girl learns that she is allowed to ask for what she wants and that she doesn't have to do it in a way that's small. She doesn't have to do it in a way that's silly. She's allowed to just say straight out loud, hey, I want a cookie. Or hey, I want to go outside. Or hey, so-and-so, Griff, my, my crazy big brother, just pulled my hair. And that's not okay with me. I want her to know that she can advocate for herself in those ways. And one really loving way that I can do that is by, by setting up a boundary for her about what I will respond to. Because she learns, oh my gosh, when I talk like a big girl, people help me. Oh my gosh, when I talk like a big girl, my needs are met. Such a gift, right? The highest good of all involved. So we could go through a thousand different, different examples here, a thousand different scenarios for a thousand years. Um, but the formula is really always going to be essentially the same. Cares. Care, plural care. Cares. <laughs> See, clear 
get clear. A, assured. Be self-confident. Be self-assured. R, relax. Trust your intuition. You're doing the right thing. Relax emotionally and then just do your best to communicate your boundaries from emotional neutral, so to speak. E, express. Express yourself. Express yourself clearly. Express yourself with confidence. You don't have to self-justify. And then S, see it through. Be consistent. Um, be swift. Be, be quick in following through when boundary violations do occur. So with the obvious progression um, of this episode, the next obvious question would be, how, how do I know? How do I know when a boundary is necessary in my relationship? What am I looking for? And it kind of seems like it would be like obvious, right? Like I'm looking for tension or conflict, right? But the truth is that yes, sometimes it is going to be obvious like in situations of conflict or tension, like pronounced tension. But in my years um, as a coach for individuals and for businesses, it's been interesting because what I've found shows up the most commonly for people in their businesses and in their personal lives is boundary issues that are not being attributed to boundaries at all. So an example that I recently experienced um, was this epiphany that I had just this last week. I mentioned on Instagram on my story the other day how, how interesting it is that when you start to really focus on something, whether it's through study or through prayer or through meditation or whatever, once you start really focusing on that thing, how suddenly all of these opportunities to implement it in your own life show up, right? So this last week, um, I, I just, I was really struggling. Um, and the the source of this struggle that kept coming up in my life over and over again, well, I was attributing this difficulty to a scheduling issue. But as I really looked at it and as I molded over, and again, because I had my boundary glasses on as I worked on this episode, suddenly it was so apparent to me that this issue was not a scheduling issue, not at all. The issue that I was really facing, the source of the problem was sloppy boundaries. And then once I made that realization, it was easy to just make a couple shifts, put some some boundaries in place and respectful in a clear way. And then this problem that had honestly, really, truly, legitimately caused me <laughs> a loss of sleep. Like it was, it was a pretty, it was a pretty big issue. And it had been going on for weeks and just kind of came to a head this last week. And then all of a sudden, these simple shifts, this new way of looking at it, and the problem was solved just like that. It's not at all uncommon in my experience for an individual or for a small business to be completely unaware that they're facing a boundary issue. And then as soon as that clarity is in place, to see really significant and radical change quite quickly. Um, but it's in these situations where people have become um, what I refer to as boundary blind. Um, this is when a person or an organization is just so habitually used to like um, a personal or a professional relationship being the way that it is that they really aren't even aware of how that relationship or that situation may be positively impacted by putting some boundaries in place. 
Um, being boundary blind is a little bit like being nose blind, right? Let's think about it that way for a second. Like we all know what that is, right? Um, there's those commercials like about being nose blind and I don't know, potpourri or something, I don't know, or scented garbage bags. I have no idea. Um, but it's like if your house always smells like the same cinnamon scented candle, let's just put it that way. Um, after a while, you may stop noticing that delicious smell of cinnamon over time, right? And then someone else walks in and they say, oh my gosh, why? Why does your house smell like something that I want to actually lick and eat? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you're alerted to this thing, to this, this, this thing that's always been there. It's just that your awareness, your awareness of it has kind of migrated its way to the back of your mind. It's not new information anymore. It's not vital information. And our miraculous brains are smart enough to know that, that this is an information that needs to remain in the forefront of your thoughts, right? <laughs> Gosh, really, really, just for a second, let's talk about our brains because they are just so amazing in that way. Um, they make these lightning decisions about what's relevant. Um, and then they have this ability to just clear out of our conscious minds um, everything that is unnecessary or redundant or not immediately applicable, right? And they do that in order to make space for the things that are relevant and are immediately pressing. And it's awesome. It's awesome. It's amazing. Unless <laughs> the smell you've gone nose blind to um, is not, in fact, a cinnamon-scented candle. But that smell is expired milk Blech. or rotten fish Blech. or wet dog <laughs> or in my case, sweaty teenage boys. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? And often those are the places and those are the spaces, the stinky boundaries spaces, so to speak, that are slowing you down in your life or in your business. These are the things that are sapping your energy. So it's making you feel frazzled or tired or frustrated or just really outright sad or angry. But you have no idea how to address these issues because you've become boundary blind to them altogether. In situations like this, um, you may hear phrases like, like this, oh, that's just the way it is, right? Or, oh, it's never gonna change, it's just the way it is. So when I hear that, that's always a good, good, reliable clue that indicates that maybe it's time to look a little deeper. If you're ever in a wonky um, personal or professional situation and you just find yourself feeling totally resigned to it and just kind of tossing your arms up in the air and just being like, Ugh, this is just the way it is, to the point where really you're almost not even noticing the issue anymore because you've become so incredibly resigned to it, chances are good that it's time for some evaluation. Um, and you may be really surprised, honestly, how quickly and how completely and how, how powerfully a simple, well-communicated boundary um, really can transform the situation. And, and particularly in these family relationships, which is where we see a lot of the pain that we experience, the boundary-related pain that we experience in our lives, um, often the implementation is not as painful as we think it might be. Is it sometimes? For sure, but not all the time. Now, before we move on, um, 
I'm going to share a few more signs that you can look for, a few more indicators that it just might be time to put some boundaries in place in your own life. Um, First, if you regularly find yourself feeling anger or resentment, and particularly if you are experiencing those feelings um, toward a relationship that you really value and that you really love, that's a sign. Second, if you um, find yourself like constantly whining, constantly complaining, constantly just like moping along and feeling bugged and frustrated, that's another sign that maybe there's a boundary missing somewhere in your life. Number three, you might find yourself taking responsibility for other people's feelings or for other people's reactions or for other people's thoughts. Or you may feel like other people are responsible for your thoughts or for your actions or for your reactions. That's another really good sign that it's time to put some boundaries in place. Number four, if you are allowing a bad behavior to continue, someone else performing a bad behavior in your life at the expense of your own well-being, clear-cut sign that it's time to put a boundary in place. Number five, I think we're on number five. I don't know, but I think it's number five. If you ever feel, um, if you ever feel like, like in order to get what you need from a relationship, that you have to be manipulative or you have to be passive aggressive or you can't just be direct about your needs, you're unable to say no, maybe in the relationship without re- risking um, rejection. Another really clear sign that it's time for some boundaries. Six, if you feel a deficit as it relates to your own sense of identity. This is a really big one, and this is one that we'll dig into a little bit deeper in our next episode. Um, In other words, um, if you base how you feel about yourself on how you're treated by others, right? That's another sign. This is our last one, and I think it's number seven, but let's be honest, I have no idea. If you find yourself um, allowing others to make all your decisions for you, Um, If you feel a little powerless, honestly, or lost in your own life, that's another another sign um, that it may be time to put some boundaries in place. Now, any of those things, if any of those things trigger a response for you, I think it's a situation that's worth investigating, right? Start with number one, clear. Get clear and then be clear. But it all starts with getting clear, with having... Um, doing the the introspective work and um, allowing yourself to to really have have some clarity surrounding what's going on, what's real, right? And then you can address it from there. But you've got the power to do this. Be brave. I can almost hear a few of you out there like shouting to me, but what about when people don't respond well to our boundaries? <sighs> yeah, that is a real. Um, that's a real issue. And that's something that um, we're going to talk about here for a minute. And it's also just kind of a part of the gig, if I'm honest. Um, New boundaries aren't always going to be well-received. And there are absolutely going to be situations um, when people are just going to respond poorly to the boundaries that we put into place. And when this happens, and notice right there for a second that I did not say if, I said when. Remember what we talked about um, in part one of this boundary series, your boundaries are not about how other people will behave. Your boundaries are about you. Your boundaries are about clearly defining your own needs 
and the resultant behavior. So yeah, for sure, absolutely. Sometimes you will be disappointed by the way that others react when you set parameters um, for yourself within that relationship. But forever and ever, always and forever, amen, (laughs) that person's response is not about you. It's not your job to be responsible for how another person chooses to respond to your boundary. It's not your job to be responsible for how that person chooses to think about that boundary or for how they allow themselves to feel about that boundary. And I get it. This is rough stuff. But you can tell a lot about the reality of a relationship, about the state of a relationship, by the way another person chooses to respond to your healthy boundaries. And really, I I keep going back to this, number one, that, that idea of being really clear. That's why that matters so much. That's why that first step is about you getting really clear. Because if you're really clear, you're going to have the confidence to be clear and then move through the rest of those steps. But it starts, all of it starts with self-awareness, with getting clear. So I'm going to let you in on a little secret here. The honest to goodness truth is this, the people in your life with bad boundaries, well, the honest to goodness truth is that they are often going to be the ones who are going to be the most likely to struggle with or to violate the boundaries of others. So just keep that in mind. Now, in any relationship, there's a pattern. There's a pattern in place, right? There's like this unspoken contract um, about the way that things are going to go down in this particular relationship. So remember that when you change things up, you can't just suddenly be surprised when you're met with some kind of resistance or anger. Um, But you also can't let that that response deter you from staying your course. Um, Remember S from from our acronym CARES, see it through. You know because you've gotten clear, right? You know that this boundary is necessary. You know it's necessary for your well-being. And you know that your well-being is worthy of protecting. This actually um, makes me think of that mobile analogy. Remember from that episode with my mom? I don't remember what number it was, but it's the episode about, about being first. And remember she she shared that example of like the mobile, like you've got a mobile, mobile whatever it's called, with, you know, all the little things balanced, right? And it kind of spins in circles above a crib or whatever. And imagine if you remove one of the items from that mobile, it's going to, it's every, every other piece of that, that mobile is going to be affected. The balance is different. There's a shift in the, in the momentum, everything changes. Keep that in mind. We're making changes and those changes are going to affect others. And really that could be hard, It could be hard for everyone, and that's okay. But do remember that you've had some time to process, right? You've had time um, to get where you are. You've you've mentally unwound, right, all the variables. And um, through that work, you've been able to determine the need that you have to set up these specific parameters for your life. But the other party involved... Remember, they are just now catching up. This is all new for them. So it's important that we give them respect and we give them space. We let them adjust. And we really make sure that they feel heard and understood. It's, we can't just say, hey, 
here's my boundary, you jerk, right? (laughs) Because essentially we're changing the rules of the game. And while that is totally acceptable and totally allowed, we also have to acknowledge that this game has potentially been played a certain way for a very long time. And it's just fair to give the other player or the other players a chance to sort of get the hang of things, right? Before you just like kick them off the field altogether. But over time, right, if they still refuse to learn or they refuse to play by these newly instituted rules, then yeah, unfortunately, and as hard as it may be, it might be time to consider um, transferring those players off your team. So let me give you an example here from a time in my own professional life when my boundaries were not met um, with <laughs> enthusiasm. Let's let's use that word. So um, I don't check my email on weekends, like it, as a rule. Weekends are my personal time. They're my family time. And with only very, very rare exceptions, I have really maintained this um, this business hours boundary for the last 12 plus years that I've been an entrepreneur. So um, with that context in mind, um, about a year ago, I was working on this promotional campaign um, for this project that had been organized by this little group of women um, who were kind of working on building like a shared Instagram influencer type account. Anyway, it's irrelevant. Um, But when I checked my email the Tuesday morning following a three-day weekend, it was a holiday weekend, I opened my email and there is legitimately, there's, there's like a half a dozen emails that had come in over the past few days from these women. The first had come um, on Friday evening, and they just kept on coming. And each email escalated in its intensity <laughs> through Saturday and then Sunday. And then by Monday, by Monday afternoon, it was just like absolute cruelty. And all, all uh, pretense of any kind of professionalism was just gone. Um, now, I do think that it's relevant here to say that this was the first collaborative project of this nature that this group of, of girls had done. And um, they had in their own minds, um, uh, how do I say this? I really am trying to be diplomatic here, but they had some, what what I, as well as like basically industry standard would classify as some some kind of unrealistic expectations about what my level of participation would or should be. Um, and because of this, they all had these really big expect- expectations, but these really big expectations just hadn't been openly articulated to me. So here I am. I'm just putting along. I'm doing my life. I'm doing my weekend with my kids. And meanwhile, these girls are growing like increasingly frustrated. And then they attempt to reach out to me to talk to me about it on a Friday evening, and they don't get a response. Um, but they still see me posting on Instagram every day, right? So from their perspective, from their limited perspective, they feel like I'm ghosting them, which totally, that would be frustrating. I really do get that. And especially um, when you're trying to build a new business um, and you're feeling overextended and you have this, this inherent eagerness to reach this like that, that tipping point to start to see some momentum and some growth, um, really just what I'm trying to say is that I do have compassion for, for where these, for where these girls were at in this situation. But here I am, I've opened all these crazy emails and remember 
I opened my inbox and started at the top, right, which means the most recent email because, again, top of my inbox Tuesday morning after the holiday weekend. And that first email that I read was the last email that they had sent. So that means that it was subsequently the most venomous and the most hateful of all the emails that had been sent. And it has completely broadsided me. Um, Like, I'm all chill, coming off a three-day weekend, and then just suddenly, boom. It was hard, guys because it matters to me. It matters to me that I have good professional and personal relationships. How I'm perceived matters to me, particularly when it comes to commitment and to my level of dedication and follow through. But rather than get emotional, I stayed calm and I took an inner inventory. See, get clear. So I decided that what mattered to me was that I get out in front of things, that that I truly and genuinely apologize for any type of miscommunication that may have taken place um, or any kind of unrealistic expectations that I may have accidentally put into place. And then I also very clearly, but eh, very clearly and and truly very respectfully, um, but I did, I affirmed my own boundaries um, surrounding my, my work email and my hours of operation. Um, because again, these are reasonable boundaries. These are healthy and these boundaries for the last 12 years have, have proven that they help me uphold a certain level of professionalism that I'm committed to in my business. Um, and, you know, here it seems relevant to mention that these girls did also have my cell phone number. <laughs> and that up until this point, every single one of our messages back and forth, um, up until this very series of emails, had been handled via text and via phone. But um, over this this three-day weekend, I hadn't received a single call or a single text from them. So anyway, I, I could go and get lost in the woods here. But the meat of, of the story here, why, why this is relevant to our conversation is I defended my boundary. I defended it with clarity. I defended it with respect and with compassion. And let's just say that they did not respond well. And it really didn't matter what I did to try to reason with them. Everything, everything I did, everything I said just seemed to further aggravate the entire situation. And you guys, it was yucky. Um, and I, I started to just realize that this that we weren't going to go anywhere. And so I set some boundaries in these conversations. Um, and, you know, I would have done this anyway, even if I thought it was salvageable. I didn't at this point think that, that it was, well, I hoped it was sal- salvageable, to be honest. In the very beginning, I hoped that that it was salvageable, but it started to become evident that it was not. But either way, um, I would have done what I did, which was set some boundaries about the kind of professional communication that I was willing to work with. Um, and as it was, I set those boundaries and they were immediately disregarded, like altogether. And again, it just became increasingly apparent that we just didn't see eye to eye and that this business relationship was just not going to be a healthy one for either of us. So I followed through on my boundary and I ended our professional relationship. And you guys, it was hard because again, it is so important to me that I'm a champion for other women. Um, It's important to me that people feel supported, that people feel valued by me. But I was unwilling to push towards those ends, towards those goals, towards those values, when the cost was my own emotional wellness. 
the cost was just too great. Let that sink in for a minute. At what cost? We're preserving these relationships, but at what cost? Because remember, you can't draw water from an empty well. At what cost? What is suffering in your life? What relationships are suffering in your life? Because you're unwilling to do what needs to be done in order to prioritize your own well-being. Now, I know, I know it's challenging when um, situations of this nature arise in relationships that we just can't abandon or that we don't want to abandon. I hear you. First and foremost, remember, as long as your physical safety isn't in jeopardy, you don't have to be afraid of another person's anger. This is maybe one of the more revolutionary things that we'll talk about here in this episode. You don't have to be afraid of another person's anger. But the reality is that people without good boundaries in their lives tend to be more affected by the anger of others. So the second that the other party starts to get angry or frustrated or lose their cool, we may feel this immediate urge to backpedal, right? Or we may even find ourselves like starting to get angry ourselves, right? We're becoming defensive. But these responses, if we're having these responses, if we're feeling um, threatened by by the anger that is that is being that is being expressed, or feeling as though, oh my gosh, we, I, I can't, I can't do this. I, I'm so worried about losing the approval. Or I'm so worried about damaging the relationship. If those are the feelings that you're having, if those are the responses that you're having, that's even further evidence. The ba- that the boundary that you're implementing is really necessary in your life. So what do you do, right? That's always going to be the question. So what do I do? Well, remember what we talked about earlier in the episode. Remain unemotional. Do your very best to stay neutral. You can't ever let someone else's um, anger or someone else's ir- irrational response Keep you from having the strength um, and having the courage to prioritize your own self-care. If you have to take a walk, take a walk, take a drive, take a deep breath, but do not react with emotion no matter what the response is, no matter what the response is to your healthy boundary. um, Hold your ground, trust your instincts, and then offer some space and offer some grace as you allow your partner or your friend to, to catch up to you. Again, remember, you likely didn't decide to implement this boundary on an impulse. It was probably a decision that was based on lots of time and lots of introspection. But for the other person involved, this is all totally new. So be patient without being a doormat. You can be respectful and patient with someone's response, even their very negative response to your new boundaries without participating in that negative response. And it's always reasonable to say, I see that you're upset and I'm willing to talk about this more once you've calmed down. And then you are absolutely allowed to excuse yourself from that situation. Amazing, right? You're allowed to do this. You're allowed to choose what you're willing to tolerate and what you're not willing to tolerate in your life. Oh my gosh, how novel is that? When you experience pushback, though, um, it may be helpful if you remind yourself that when you set boundaries, 
everyone wins. Your friend um, or your partner, they don't want to be a jerk, right? They don't want to cause you harm. They want a healthy relationship as much as you do. And, and really, in many cases, these people may not have ever really learned about boundary, boundaries or respect. They may not have had that kind of exposure in their early developmental years. So as you model these behaviors for them, as you work to prioritize your own well-being, guess what happens? They get to learn that they're allowed to do the same. When we implement healthy boundaries, everyone wins. Again, don't be reactive. Don't get sucked into their whole whirlwind of emotion or pouting or manipulation. Simply return to our acronym, CARES, right? Clarity, get clear, get clear, be clear. Assured, self-confident, relax, trust your intuition. You're doing the right thing. Communicate from like emotional neutrality. E, express yourself with confidence. S, see it through. Be consistent, be swift in following through when boundary violations do occur. And then if after a reasonable amount of time, things just aren't improving, get help. Find a qualified therapist. That person can help mediate for you. Um, I do hear you. I really do. There are some relationships that we simply do not want to walk away from, nor should we. However, that does not mean that we have to tolerate any kind of behavior that's damaging to us in any way, not physically, emotionally, not mentally, not spiritually, not financially, not in any way. Remember, at what cost? At what cost? It may help um, for some of you if you think about it in this way. Um, in some of our relationships, the idea of boundaries like, really is like as foreign as um, like a foreign language. Um, like, <laughs> you know that amazing like clicking language? I think it's like the Zulu clicking language or whatever. I'm not even going to pretend and be like so um, ridiculous as to to diminish it <laughs> by attempting. But you know what I'm talking about, right? If I was going to learn, if I was going to try to learn to speak that language um, or click that language or whatever you do, <laughs> you can absolutely bank on the fact that I would be hiring myself a tutor. Um, and adjusting to boundaries, it's no different, you guys. It's foreign. It's new. And if you need some additional support while you're navigating this, get the support you need. It's worth it. The relationship is worth fighting for. And you also deserve to be happy, to have your needs met, and to be in a safe and loving environment that supports you in being and doing all that you are meant to be and all that you are meant to do for the highest good of all involved. So in closing, I want, um, let's just remember a few things, okay? And I know that this is hard to wrap our brains around because for some of this, for some of us, this is so incredibly foreign. But do you realize that healthy boundaries aren't actually about keeping people out? 
Healthy boundaries are really about truly letting people in. The conversations that we have the capacity to have as we're setting up and implementing these boundaries, um, do you see how those could really serve to deepen our relationships? I could obviously go on and on and on about this topic for 1,000 years, as evidenced by the fact that this is a three-part series. (laughs) But I want to close here by simply saying this. Our boundaries enrich our relationships. They do not limit them. Our boundaries, our boundaries allow for open communication. Our boundaries allow for deeper vulnerability. And our boundaries allow for the opportunity to truly see and be seen by the people that we love. Boundaries are perhaps one of the truest forms of kindness that there is. Because essentially, when when we're putting boundaries into place, what we're saying is, um, here is what's real for me, right? We're, We're laying our truth on the altar. And oh my gosh, being willing to share in that way, letting someone in to that most authentic truth, being willing to openly express your needs, having having the courage and the trust to do that in a relationship, whether it's a business relationship or a personal relationship, obviously the scenarios will look different, but essentially it's all the same, right? How could that process not increase trust? And in the situations where it doesn't, we might need to get some help. And there might be situations in which there's irreparable damage or um, habitual patterns that are in place that, that are consistently damaging. And those are things that a therapist can help you navigate. But let me ask you this again. In the majority of scenarios that we face, how could that process of openness and connection not lead to an increase of trust? And what on earth enriches a relationship in every way better or faster than an increase of trust. Healthy relationships are blessed by healthy boundaries, plain and simple. You guys, thank you so much for being here today. This episode was a tough one for me. I had to push through a lot in order to to bring it out into the world and, um, it was worth it. It really was. It was hard. I, I truly, like, if I'm being really honest, earlier this evening, I was like, Rich, I dude, I just don't know if I can do it. And he was like, babe, this is your priority, you know? And I know, I know in the deepest part of your heart, you want me to push you right now. And he did. And he was right. And um, anyway, it's just an amazing thing to have um, a team around you that supports you in doing and becoming all that you're meant to do and all that you're meant to become. And really, Richie is um, the the most important example in my life of why boundaries matter so much. He and I are incredibly independent, both of us, um, and we've achieved through the setting of boundaries and through respect and through um, mutual understanding. We have um, we've developed this pattern of interdependence, where each of us work together in a really independent way that serves the whole. Right? That's what we talked about earlier in this episode, and I've learned that. Um, first and foremost, through navigating the relationship with my own husband. And 
Um, it hasn't always been easy. And I'm going to say that out loud because I want those of you who are listening who who just see the highlight reel of our relationship to know that these things are hard for all of us and all of us have seasons where it is rough. And um, we are living evidence that you can push through. And if you prioritize and you work together with respect, um, then anything really is possible. So thank you for listening. You guys, I want to let you know that the third installment of this series, which is about the ways that our boundaries bless and enrich our own personal lives, not about the relationships, but what they do for us, for our confidence, for our competence. That episode is not going to come out next week, but it's going to come out the following week. So keep that in mind um, and manage your expectations accordingly next week. We have an awesome interview from my friend, actor and comedian, Cliff Prang, and I just cannot wait for you to listen to it. Um, again and again and as always thank you for being here I believe in you I love you make it a great day you make me feel like I I'm Natalie Norton you have been listening to the show up podcast I know you until next time my beautiful friend keep showing up keep that heart wide open and as always remember your best is always enough. I'll always want you around oh.